0: I'm coming to you today from San Francisco. I'm actually sitting underneath my doona at the moment to make sure that the sound quality is good because it's quite loud and noisy outside. But today's show is going to be a good one. So if you haven't subscribed already, please do hit that subscribe button. And if you enjoy today's show, make sure you take a screenshot of the episode, post it up on your Instagram story and tag me because I like to see who's listening to the show. But the topic of the episode today is going to be mistakes that people make when following flexible dieting. Now, I've been doing flexible dieting for a number of years now, and I've made all the mistakes that you could possibly make, and also working with just hundreds of different clients online. I've picked up a number of different things that people seem to be wasting their time on or just are unsure of, especially in the early stages. So I want to save you the time, the hassle, the money, and also get your results as quick as possible. So I'm really enjoying my time here in the, in the States. I got over here last week. I'm about to fly out to... New York today, we've got some really cool guests lined up for the show while I'm in New York, so make sure you just sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode. All right, guys, welcome to this week's episode of the show, and as I mentioned in the intro today, what we're going to be talking about is the mistakes that some people make with flexible dieting. Now, I've been following flexible dieting for a number of years now, and I've actually personally found that it's changed my life in the way that I approach nutrition, but it's also changed the lives of a number of different people that... Uh, that I've worked with in regards to creating a better or a healthier relationship with food, being able to get results and sustain them over a long period of time and and changing that kind of mindset between just eating clean, healthy foods and really starting to look at the numbers. Because when you look at a business or basically anything successful, the person in charge of that knows the numbers, they know what's coming in, they know what's coming out and it's easy to make adjustments if needed to make sure that it's a success. So I, f- I find it should be exactly the same with nutrition. So there can be a point where you go too far, though, or there's there's uh, there's roads that you may go down with flexible dieting, especially when you're new to it, that you're just wasting your time and you're not going to see the results that you're after, and it's actually going to be worse off. You're going to create more of an unhealthy relationship with food. So what I want to do today is go through a list of different things. I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I've got eight different mistakes that I see people make today. I'm going to fly through them for you guys to make sure that you're not making them uh, and that we can all see the results that we're after in the shortest period possible but also maintain those results. So let's start with number one and number one is worrying about the exact gram. So when I talk about flexible dieting to my clients, what I always say is that there's, there's an order of importance. So the order of importance kind of goes like this. The best possible thing that you can be doing is tracking your calories, your macronutrients and your micronutrients. Second best is following your calories and your macronutrients. The third best is following calories and protein. And then the fourth is following just calories. Now, when people first start out, what I'll often get them to do, so if I've got a new client that's never followed flexible dieting before, what I'll actually get them to do is to follow just calorie intake and a protein minimum. So I won't even worry about the carbohydrates and fats ratio too early on. Um, because I want to get them used to, one, using the app, so for me, I like to use the My Fitness Pal app. There's a number of other good ones out there. Um, my friend Mike Vacanti has got a good app, especially if you live in the U.S. called Mike's Macros, I think it's called. Um, but I want them to get used to using the app and used to tracking their food and making sure they're eating enough protein because more often than not, people are not getting anywhere near enough protein in their diet when they start flexible dieting. So, worrying about the exact gram when you first start and what i mean by that is trying to to hit your protein your carbohydrates your fats and your fiber right on the exact gram um every single day and being really stressed out about it or even disappointed in yourself when you don't do it um if you guys can hear some gangster music in the background it's because i because there's because uh, i'm st- sitting right next to a street which is not that handy but um it's the best spot i could find but what was I saying? To the exact gram, yeah. So, for example, like, I can't remember the last time that I hit my protein, my carbohydrate, and my fat targets on the exact gram. And for those that know me, know that I track my calories and my macros every single day, and I take this shit pretty seriously. So, don't be stressed about hitting the exact gram. Make sure that you're close. I always tell clients to work in ranges, even if I've got someone that is, that is, um, excuse me, tracking protein, carbohydrates, and fats. I'll say as long as you're within, let's say, uh, within 15 to 20 grams of your carbohydrates and protein and as long as you're within 5 grams of your fats, then we're sweet. Either side of your targets, we're going to be good. So mistake number one is worrying too much about the exact gram. Mistake number two is going ham on shit food. And what I mean by that is for those that have kind of just opened up their mind to open up their mind to this world about being able to eat the foods they enjoy and drink the drinks that they enjoy um, and seeing results, they take that as a ticket to just eat a lot of shitty food as long as it hits their macros and it's just not the case. Now, for my clients and those that have read any of my content, you'll know that I follow the 90-10 rule and what that means is 90% of my calories, 90% of your calories, should be coming from nutrient-dense, high-quality high-quality protein sources and high-quality foods, so um, like whole foods. And the last 10%, the leftover 10% can be used for foods that are more enjoyable or drinks, you know, alcoholic drinks or ice cream before bed. It might be chocolate before bed. It might be, you know, there's a number of different things that it could be. But definitely don't start flexible dieting with the intention of just trying to fit in as much shitty food as you can because that's not what it's all about. What it's all about is being able to have the flexibility to, one, eat out if you need to and not stress about it and not go off track with your results, and two, rotate your food sources. And when I say rotate your food sources, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go over that a little bit later on um, in the podcast, so I won't touch on that too much now. That's mistake number two. Mistake number three is obsessing about the numbers. And I briefly touched on this on number one, but when I have a client come to me for help with nutrition and I introduce them to flexible dieting, A lot of the time they have an unhealthy relationship with food and they're obsessed with the fact that they need to eat a certain uh they need to be eating in certain food groups or they can't have certain foods. So they're restricted to what food groups they can actually have or macronutrient groups they can have. So obsessing about the numbers and and I mean the numbers is in your calories, your protein, your carbohydrates and your fats. I'm sure you're gonna get sick of me saying those words by the end of the podcast, but uh, obsessing about those numbers can be just as bad as obsessing about only eating certain foods. So you see some people who take it on board, um, are really flexible with their nutrition, just love the freedom and um, and most people are like that to be perfectly honest. Most people just take it on board and run with it and it's, it's it just works for them. Some other people get to the point where it's actually more unhealthy for them to be tracking their macros because they're so worried about what they're going to be eating for the day. They're spending so much time on their MyFitnessPal app tracking their meals. They're worried about if they go over their calories by, you know, 50 to 100 calories, which really doesn't matter in the long, in the grand scheme of things. If you're consistent, you're going to see results, regardless of whether you're right on the money or not. I kind of always say that close enough is good enough when it comes to flexible dieting when we're talking about long-term results. But obsessing about the numbers is not a good thing. So kind of take it with a grain of salt. You got to think of this in a, in a bigger picture because Eating a salad is not going to make you shredded, just like eating a shit meal is not going to make you fat. So having one good day, so one perfect day is not going, to be, not going to make you completely look like a Greek god and having one shit day is not going to make you look like you have never trained or eaten well in your life. And I always say that one good or one okay month is better than one perfect day. So just to say that again, one good or one okay month is better than one perfect day. So take that on board don't get too obsessed about the numbers if you're following flexible dieting. Mistake number 4 is eating for the sake of eating, and I've been caught in this trap before of especially when I'm in a calorie surplus, I might get home from work and I'm not even close to my calorie target for the day, and I'm just shoveling in calories to make sure that I reach my numbers for the day when I'm really not even hungry and I also don't need to be eating that much. You know, I may I may eat 2 or 3 times the amount of protein Uh, serving that I actually need to be having just for the sake of reaching my calorie intake and it's just not needed. Likewise, if you're in a calorie deficit, you still want to be listening to your body. If you're hungry, then eat. If you're not hungry, then don't eat. If you're going to be training and you know you train well with carbohydrates in your system, then have your carbohydrates before you train. Don't get caught up in the idea that because you have numbers to hit, you need to eat just to hit those numbers. Still try and stick to regular feeding times. So regular, excuse me, regular and consistent feeding or meal times um, that you would usually stick to. If you've got a busy lifestyle and you can only eat three meals a day, then you only have three meals. If you like to eat every few hours, eat every few hours. Don't change the way you're spacing out your meals just because you need to hit certain numbers. Um, So just don't eat for the sake of eating. So halfway through, we've got four more to go. I just want to give you guys a quick reminder that if you haven't subscribed to the show already, please do subscribe to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. It all helps. And um, if you enjoy today's episode, please do take a screenshot of the show and post it on your social media, um, on, on your Instagram. Tag me in it because I like to see who's listening to the show. The feedback is great. And it also gets more ears. On the show, and the more people we can get listening to the the, the fitness and lifestyle podcast, the better. The cooler guests I can get on, the more people I can reach, um, and try and ho- hopefully help people from an episode. It may be help that they've got over a number of a uh, number of episodes, or it may be from one specific episode, but it does all count. All right, mistake number five is eating under your calorie target on purpose, and. What I'm actually going to do is tie this into this week's social media question of the week because this is a question that I had um, the other day from someone via email and it's also a question that comes up a little bit on my Instagram DMs is what happens if you under-eat on your calories or what happens if you're under-eating in general? So I'll break it up into two parts. The first one, is if you're purposely under eating on your calorie targets because you think to yourself that that's going to be better. That obviously, if to lose weight you need to be eating two thousand calories. So surely, if I eat eighteen hundred calories, that's going to be better. One, yes, you're going to lose weight quicker. Two, it's going to hit a plateau. You're going to hit a plateau a lot sooner. And it's going to be a lot harder for you to continue to see progress. But also, if you're working with someone like a coach, so if I've got a client who I think's eating two thousand calories per day. They're seeing fat loss at a good rate, and then all of a sudden, their fat loss plateaus, and I go, all right, sweet. Let's drop your calories down to 1,900. So they go to 1,900, but it's actually 100 calories more than what they've actually been eating. Then they don't see results, and here's me thinking, what the fuck's going on? So if you've got a calorie target, stick to it because it's going to give you a true indicator of where you're at, where your metabolism's at, and what you need to do, what you need to change to see results. And it's, all, it's always that mindset of thinking, you know, more is better, and it's not always better. So more of a calorie deficit is not better. More of a calorie surplus is not better. You want to take it nice and slow. So when starting a fat loss phase or a fat loss diet, and I've mentioned this plenty of times before, you want to make sure that you're... You want to make sure that you're eating as much as possible to lose weight and eating as little as possible to gain weight. And what I mean by that is you want your calories to be as high as possible in a calorie deficit at the start that you can, so you've got plenty of wiggle room. And when you're trying to gain weight, you want to be eating just above your maintenance, so that you're putting on weight at a slow rate and you're not putting on too much body fat. And then you can push your calories and give your metabolism time to catch up and then increase and increase, increasing that set point over time. So do not purposely eat underneath your calorie intake target. Stick to your calorie target, and if you're not seeing results, then you make the changes. But if you're constantly under-eating, one, you're going to be damaging your metabolism, and two, you're going to be making it extremely hard to to know what's giving you results and what's not giving you results. It kind of defeats the purpose of flexible dieting and sticking to numbers in the first place. Now, part two of this answer for those that are constantly under-eating on purpose. So they're not specifically sticking to a calorie target that they know is in a slight calorie deficit they're just under eating. So I've had someone contact me recently who was eating I think it was 800 calories per day and exercising not excessively but exercising a lot, so at least a couple of hours a day most days of the week, which is borderline excessively. And you know that I was like that. I used to I used to exercise a few hours a day pretty much every single day and under eat. And the effects that it had on my body is the same that it's going to have on everyone else's body. My metabolism slowed down. I, I was not building any lean muscle mass. I was not getting stronger. Um, I was creating an extremely unhealthy relationship with food. And what people often find, especially females that are under eating. So let's say, for example, someone's training six days per week at a relatively high intensity and they're eating 12, i oh, say 1100 calories. Okay. Ideally they should be eating a lot more and you can actually figure out how many calories you need to be eating or a rough estimate. You can use the macro calculator on my website. I'll make sure that I have that in the show notes. And for those that are watching on IGTV, I'll put it in the uh in the the notes below for you to use. But if you're under eating, what your body is actually going to be doing is the calories that you are taking in, your body's holding on to those because your body's going, you know, what the fuck's going on? Uh, I'm excessively exercising. I'm expending a lot of energy, but I'm not taking enough in to recover. I'm not taking enough in to replenish my glycogen stores to train again. I'm not taking enough in to grow the muscle mass that I need to in between sessions and and just for normal function. So your body's going to start holding on to those calories. Your metabolism is going to slow down. If anything, you may even start to gain weight. You're going to be holding a lot of excess water in your body. And you're not going to see the results you're after. Not to mention that your training sessions are most likely going to be shit because you've got no energy to train. So my recommendation is to slowly creep that that food back up. Make sure that you're eating just in a calorie deficit. Like I said, more is not always better. Uh, A case study that I'll use is someone that did contact me recently that was eating 800 per day. They bumped their calories way up. by I think over 1,000 calories per day more than what they were eating. Now, have they put on a little bit of weight? Yes which is fine because they needed to. But in putting that weight on and increasing those calories, their training sessions are so much better. They're doing a lot less cardio and seeing far better results. They look 10 times better. Their shape is 10 times better. They're not holding as much water. They're sleeping better. Their mood levels are better. Their energy levels are better. And uh, so their mood swings are better. They're not having as many mood swings, sorry. Um, But their energy levels are better. They're enjoying their training, they're enjoying their food, and their relationship with food is so much better. So under-eating is is a no-go in my opinion. I think it should be for everyone's opinion. But if you would like some extra help with this, please do contact me because I know it's not as easy as just deciding that you want to start to eat a normal amount of food, especially if you've been under-eating for a long period of time. It becomes more of a mental pattern than a physical thing, so please do yell out if that is you. All right, let's move on because I need to wrap things up. So no, mistake number six, not weighing your food raw. So for things like meats, vegetables, um, <laughs> basically just meats and vegetables, I think... Um, you want to be weighing those raw, so let's say for example, you're using chicken breast um, and you weigh that when it's cooked. If you've cooked it, if you've boiled it, if you've put, cooked it on a frying pan, if you've baked it, it's all going to be different weights once it's cooked. If you started out at 200 grams raw and you cooked it three different ways, the chances are the weight's going to be different once, once it's cooked, so it's just not accurate. Now, I know it's just a, a small thing, but if you're wanting to be as uh, precise and consistent as possible, then I would be weighing it raw um, because that way you know it's going to be consistent. Then you can just spread it out evenly after you've cooked it. So if you're trying to cook for the week, you've got a kilo of meat, weigh it raw, cook it out, and if you want it for five days, just break it out evenly into five separate servings and then off you go. Same with uh, same with vegetables and things like you know potatoes and stuff like that. I always weigh those raw. Um, and just a side note for things like greens, any green salad or vegetables, I don't even track in my macronutrients. So I just think you're not you're never really going to eat an excessive amount of broccoli to the point where you're going to be putting yourself in a calorie surplus. If anything, it's a good thing for you to be eating more of it, more micronutrients, more fiber. It's going to leave you fuller quicker and less likely to overeat. So it's a good thing in my eyes. Mistake number seven is rotating food sources too much and I touched on this earlier but the purpose of flexible dieting is to be able to have that freedom to eat out, like I said, to be able to eat things that are more enjoyable and still see results but also just to be able to rotate your food sources. So I've followed meal plans where, you know, I can only have chicken for lunch and I can only have red meat for dinner or people come to me that are just following meal plans that are eating, you know, grilled grilled fish twice a day, seven days a week. Now, that is boring as fuck. It's going to taste like shit, in my opinion. You might really like grilled fish, but I think anyone, even if you do like grilled fish, over time is going to get sick of it if you're eating it twice a day, every day. So, flexible dieting gives you that opportunity to change up the the food sources you're eating. It might be, you know, today I'll have chicken, tomorrow I'll have steak, and the day after I'll have fish. Or it may be this week I'll just have all red meat or all chicken or tofu or egg, whatever it may be, and then next week I'm going to change that. But you're rotating them too much to the point where seven days a week your your full day of eating is completely different for the sake of feeling like you need to because you're following flexible dieting then you're not doing it the right way um you don't necessarily need to be rotating food sources every single day like i tend to eat pretty much the same lunch when i'm back in melbourne and i'm at home I'll eat uh, tuna and rice for lunch every single day. And for dinner, it's either chicken and rice or it's usually kangaroo burgers with some bread top thins and and veggies and spinach and all that type of stuff. But I don't rotate too much because there's no need. You're going to put extra stress on yourself and also your body. You will tend to find that you may hold a little extra water if you're changing your food sources all the time and your sodium levels are completely different. Now, last mistake before we wrap things up is not eating out because it isn't you don't know the exact reading. Now, I put up a post on my Instagram the other day about this, and the post was, uh, the post was, when I eat out, which is what I do. So if I go out, like the other day, I went out um, and had breakfast at Denny's, which is a place here in the States. I went out, I typed in the exact foods that I was having on my um, for my breakfast. So I had pancakes, I had uh, scrambled eggs, and I had turkey bacon. So I went in, I typed in Denny's pancakes. Came up with a verified option, I obviously chose that. I typed in scrambled eggs, Denny's, came up with an option, I chose that. Same thing with the turkey bacon. Now, if I went in and I typed that in and it wasn't an option and there was no Denny's pancakes there, all I would do is type in pancakes, put in the same amount that I was having and choose a generic option that I think is slightly higher in calories than what I actually Predict it to be. So then, at the end of the day, if anything, I'm going to be over my cal- I'm going to be under my calorie intake. Sorry, because I've overestimated, um, and I'm not going to be blowing out my calorie intake. But purposely not eating out because you're stressed about choosing the exact option is just ridiculous, and it does defeat the purpose of flexible dieting. As I said, more often than not, close enough is good enough, and um, I want you guys to take that on board. If there's anything you've taken out of today, is that flexible dieting is meant to be flexible. It's not meant to be strict to the point where you're constantly stressed about what you're eating, um, that you're overthinking things, and that you're purposely not eating things because of the sake, because if you feel bad about it. We want to create that healthy relationship with food, um, and that's what I hope you've taken from today's episode. I'm going to quickly run over those mistakes one more time very quickly, and then wrap it up. So number one was worrying about the exact gram. Number two was going ham on shit food. Number three is obsessing about the numbers. Number four is eating for the sake of eating. Number five, eating under your calorie target purposely. Number six, not weighing your food raw. Number seven, rotating your food sources too much. And number eight is purposely not eating out because you're worried about choosing the right option. So let's get those under control today, guys. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. For those that are watching on IGTV, I hope this has been uh, a cool video, a bit of, a bit of different. Um, for those of you listening on my podcast while I'm in uh, the USA over the next five to six weeks, I'm doing a daily vlog on my IGTV, so make sure you check that out. Um, thank you for tuning in to today's episode. As I said, if you're not subscribed to the podcast already, please do hit that subscribe button, leave a review, or even just rate the podcast because it does all help. Hope you're having a fantastic day and I look forward to sharing the next episode with you guys.